Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to talk about some interesting stuff today. I hope you find it interesting. Uh, last time, though, we talked about confidence in prayer, that God offers us, uh, you know, so much in prayer. And, and uh, David said in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we, as we find our delight in him, he, he, he like works within our hearts and gives us what, what our hearts desire, and he gives us the desires of our hearts as well. Look at verse uh, 14 and 15. We looked at these last week. He said, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. There's this confidence. There's this freedom to go and to ask. The writer of the Hebrews says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We all have these times of need, you know. I heard a guy on, on the radio this morning coming in. He's saying, you know, uh, if, if I was going to promise you as a believer that you'd never face any trials, any troubles, any problems, he says, I'd be lying to you. We all have times of need, and, but, but the Word of God says we, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence and we, and we will receive grace and mercy to help us. So he says we can come with anything at any time. Now, there, you know, we, we talked about there are some things that, that are part of that too. You know, is he going to give us everything and anything we want? We can bring it all to him, but it doesn't mean he's going to give us everything. He says, he says there, we just read it, if we ask anything according to his will, to his will, not my will, but his will, that he hears and answers. And, and so prayer you know, but, but the first and foremost thing is to pray. To pray in Jesus' name. Pray and ask. Go confidently to the one who uh, loves you and, and wants to work in your life. Pray. We miss out when we don't. So moving on from there, we kind of have an example now. And he talks about praying for a brother, praying for somebody else. And, and, and we say, well... It says if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us, then he gives us this example about praying for uh, someone else, praying for one another. And, and uh, so we can quickly and easily determine that it is his will. Why? Because it's written right here. And so we know that he will answer us. It's written right here. Look at verses 16 and 17. The verses we're going to look at here. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should, what? Pray. And God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. An interesting passage, isn't it? I don't want to lose the focus, though. We're going we're to talk about a lot of these things here. 
But the focus really, and the context really, is to pray. We get, we get lost on the, the part here about, well, you know, what about the sin unto death? We're going to talk about those things, you know, in, in, in a minute here. But, but the context is to pray for one another. To pray for someone else who's having a problem. Do you ever have a problem? Do you ever sin? Not me. We're all sinners, you see. And, and so, so, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is what Jesus said. That's not just a worldly maxim. That is the golden rule that Jesus came up with. People quote that, but they don't, they don't give attribution, right? Where'd that come from? Oh, that's what Jesus said. Did you know Jesus said that? So he says, if anyone here, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin, anyone, not, not just leaders, this isn't just the, the pastor's job to keep an eye out and, and look for this. It's, it's our responsibility. Each one of us has a responsibility to care for one another and to look out for one another. Notice he says here, if he, if he sees... That's like firsthand knowledge. That's not just gossip or rumor. If you actually know it for sure. In 1 Timothy, talking about elders, uh, Paul says, don't entertain an accusation against an elder unless you have two or three witnesses. Unless this is actually valid, it's actually true. But for us to pray for one another, uh, you know, it, it, this is something that, you know, because there are a lot of people talk, right? A lot of people say things that aren't even true. Well, I, this is what I think happened. This is what I think is the case. No. He says, if you see it, if you know it's true, he says he's your brother. This is family. You, you go back to Genesis chapter 4, right? And, and uh, somebody said back there, do you know who said it? Am I my brother's keeper? The truth of the matter is, yes, we are our brother's keepers and we should be taking care of one another, not like what Cain did, who, that's who said it, nobody answered me here, but what, he, what did he do? He killed his brother and then God said, you know, where's your brother? Well, well, you know, am I my brother's keeper? Why should I, why are you asking me? But God already knew what had happened. See, John has been saying it over and over and over again here in this, in this letter that we're called, we're commanded to love one another, to take care of one another, to care for one another, to, to look out for one another. And he says, if you see someone that's, that's you know, committing a sin, he's missing the mark, and that's what that word sin there means, and it's clear, it's not like a gray area, it's like this is definitely not a not a good thing. It's as we saw there in, in verse 17, it's wrongdoing. All wrongdoing is sin. Now, who's to determine what is wrong and right? God is. And his word spells it out for us pretty clear. So if it's clear, if it's spelled out in the, the word of God, it's not something that I think that's wrong, but what does God say about it? If anyone sees his brother commit a sin, and all wrongdoing is sin, what should you do? 
A sin that does not lead to death. We'll come back to that in a minute, I promise you. What should we do, though? This is the question here. What should we do? And what does it say there? We should what? Pray. What's the first thing we should do is we should pray for the other person. How much time do we even spend praying for one another? How much time do we actually we see something and, or, or we know something and we don't even pray for them? I'm talking about myself as well. Somebody said this, you know, the first thing we should do is pray, not call all your friends and tell them. Not, you know, tell the pastor because he'll, he'll take care of it. But he says we should pray. What, what, what should we pray? What, what actually should we pray for these people? Well, there's, there's a number of things we should pray for, for them to, to repent and to get it right, right? We should pray for their restoration. Paul said in Galatians, let me put it on the screen for you here. He said, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. And look what he says in verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, so the, the goal really uh, spelled out here in Galatians 6 is restoration. But notice it too is that, you know, watch out. You know, you're not immune. I'm not immune. Well, I would never do that, but I'll pray for that person. But, you know, they're so stupid. And we, we just begin to judge and think, you know, well, you know, look at that. I'm glad I'm not, you know like so-and-so, that, that, that reminds me of that parable Jesus gave, you know, where you got the right, self-righteous guy and the, you know, the tax collector, thank you. And, you know, he says, I'm glad I'm not like, you know, that guy. That's self-righteousness. That's, that, that's the Pharisee attitude, right? Oh, I'm so spiritual or whatever, but, you know, no, watch out. Paul said, watch out. You're not immune. It could happen to you, too. Restore him gently, but watch yourself. Carry, carrying each other's burdens. That's, a, that's, that's what love is, carrying one another's burdens. And, and, and Paul is saying here in Galatians 6, is part of that is when they, when they have a problem and they blow it and they make a mistake or whatever. You don't just write them off because we all... Blow it, right? We all make mistakes. We all have trouble. So we, we need to take care of one another. Be, be sensitive and, and uh, compassionate and kind. So number one is to pray. Number one, and, and, and so you can kind of think about a little bit after that, but, but all he really says here to do is to pray. That's all he's telling us here to do. Now, there are other passages, and, and this one here, you know, to restore. And, and so I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, well, you know, should we talk to them? Okay, pray. I know I should pray, but should I also talk to them? That's a question. I think it's, what is clear is that we should pray. 
And don't ever just go talk to somebody unless you have prayed for them. That's very clear. But we do that, we'll just blurt out stuff and we haven't even prayed for them. We haven't prayed about it. We haven't done any of that. See, God will work in us as we pray and give us a better attitude, a better way of approach. But I find that even sometimes, you know, we're not supposed to talk to them about it. Maybe you should talk to them about it. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe if God makes it clear to you and God gives you that opportunity, but to go looking and searching out these opportunities, somebody thinks that, you know, some, sometimes I think people think that's what the pastor's job is, to go look for everybody's problems. I'm going to tell him what they're doing, and then he's going to go and confront them because I don't want to talk to them about it. You know, I hear about a lot of stuff. But what I know I'm supposed to do is pray. I'm not supposed to go and confront every single person about every single thing. That's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We, we sometimes play Holy Spirit, though, right? And we want to be the Holy Spirit. No, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Now, again, maybe there's a time when you need to talk to somebody. And I have had to do that uh, through the years. And, you know, sometimes successfully and sometimes not so successfully. Sometimes I should have and sometimes I should not have. But one thing is clear again. Pray. We need to pray for one another. Pray for each other. And what does it say here? What's the promise that uh, it says that God will give them life? God will give him life. God will bring life into the situation. You see, because sin brings what? The wages of sin is death, and sin will always bring death into the situation. But, but God will bring life and that's what we want, isn't it? We want people to, to come alive. And sin has a way of, of you know, putting shackles on us and keeping us bound. And, 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 but, but God sets people free. That's Jesus said he came to set the captives free. And so when we pray for one another, he says God will give them life. That's a promise. You can, you can take that to the bank. And it is God's will. It's spelled out right here. So we know if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and he'll answer us. So when you pray for somebody, you see, you know, pray for them. God is going to work. God will give them life. So that's the, the big picture here is that God wants us to pray. God wants us, number one, to have a drink of water, and then pray. God wants us to do that. We need to pray for one another. We really do. Now, let's talk about some of the other things in this passage, because I know, I know, um, you know if Larry was here, he would ask me afterwards anyways. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he talks about, uh, you know, praying. He sees his brother commit a sin. He talks about the sin unto death. And, and there really are different understandings about this passage. And let me kind of give you the main three, okay? And you kind of think about this as we go through. 
Number one, he says if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead unto death. Number one, and I, I think this is probably the most consistent and strongest uh, understanding, is, is this brother, is, as he's been talking about it through the letter, is a fellow believer, okay? A Christian, someone who is definitely a Christian. And so, well, let me ask you first, do, do Christians ever sin? So, you know, it's, it's definitely possible here. This is what he's talking about. And so, but if you see someone fall, someone struggling, someone, you know, having some kind of problem, and it's kind of like persisting and it's, it's unconfessed. Again, this is view number one, is that, is that the, this Christian, first of all, you should pray for them. But there is a sin that leads to death. And what uh, this first view is that, that he's talking about physical death here, not spiritual death. Why do I say that? Well, because that's what this view is. But also, if you, know, if you sin, how many of you have sinned in the last week? You know, and the wages of sin is death, so there may be death coming into your life, but does that mean you're, you're, you're going to go to hell? That your salvation is lost and you're forever, you know, we would be up and down like this, right? Because that's, that's who we are. We're human. So the, the idea here is that, you know, sometimes uh, people, there is, you know, we can go so far that it actually can lead to death. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, you know, anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, he's talking about communion here, eats and drinks judgment on himself, something that they were doing to themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or have died because of their own actions. I mean, if you drink too much, it will kill you. If you smoke too much, it will kill you. There are things we do to ourselves and we persist in certain kinds of things. Uh, other biblical examples, uh, Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, right? They were, you know, you can read the whole account there, but you know, they were saying one thing, but they were really doing another and hypocrisy and, and putting on this kind of show and, and uh, it didn't end well for them. They, they died on the spot. First Corinthians chapter 5, there was sexual immorality in the church. Paul said, what in the world are you doing? They were actually boasting about it. Oh, we are so free and we are so... And there are churches today where, you know, we are so free and we, you know, we can do all this. And, 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 and Paul said, no... He said, hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. Hand him over to Satan. You know, if he's going to persist in that, well, in that particular case, that, that person actually repented. You read about it in 2 Corinthians. So there are times when this kinds of thing, these kinds of things uh, uh, happen. 
Now, I want to say this, though. Not every sin that we commit is going to, going to cause us to die. It, it will affect us in some way, because sin brings fruit. Whatever a, a man sows, that will he also reap. So it, it will definitely affect us in one way or another. It's so much better not to sin than to sin and be forgiven because of the fruit that comes and it, it just affects us. But not every sin, you can't look at this and say, well, you know, every sin that we commit, it, it, you know, is going to lead to my death. But it's interesting, though, again, I'm still on view number one here. It's interesting that he says, don't, if that is the particular case, don't, don't pray for them. That's a harsh thing to say, right? Don't pray. Don't pray for that person. Someone said this, though, there may be some cases where a person through his sin sets in motion a course of events that no amount of prayer can reverse. Through his own sin. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord told Jeremiah with what was going on at a particular time. He said, do not pray for this people, nor offer any plea or petition for them. Do not plead with me, for I will not listen to you. Wow. Later on, it says, the Lord said to me, Jeremiah says, do not pray for the well-being of this people. Why? Because they were persisting in, you know, hard-hearted rebellion. I knew of a young man, and, and, you know, again, I don't know for sure, you know, what happened there, but there was a young man that, that I knew about who was living in, in immorality, sexual immorality. And he was literally struck by lightning. But just previous to this, he had said, you know, this isn't right, what we're doing. Now, did God strike him with, with lightning? I don't know. But, but the, the point is, we, we should be afraid to carry on in sin. We should, because our God is a consuming fire. And, and we, we just play around with sin. And we should fear the consequences of sin. A believer's life sometimes, you know, can be cut short. But you have to ask, too, where's the line, right? Can you know where that line is? Is, you know, somebody, you know, is doing this? Is, you know, can we really know where they've, when they've crossed over from, from you know, the sin unto death? The truth is, I don't think we, we truly can in and of ourselves. But that's, again, why we pray. We, we pray and, and ask God, and God will show us. I believe he will show us. But if you're not sure, what should you do? Pray. Pray first. See what God's going to do. Now, the second uh, of the three kind of main understandings of this passage is that this brother, this word brother here, if anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life, is that brother is kind of used in a general sense. Meaning, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in the human race. And it's kind of in this general sense. And he doesn't really use that. I don't think it's a strong opinion here. But, but, but the, some people hold on to that. And, and they're, they're talking that this sin unto death, they're talking really about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, and you've heard about that. Jesus is the one who said it. He said, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And, and when you study that and look at that, it's really this willful, this settled rejection against Jesus Christ. Ultimately, that's what it is. And so, you know, can you even know about that with somebody? You know, we're called to pray for people who are not believers. Can we, can we pray for them? Uh, can we know that they have committed the, the, you know, the sin of, you know, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? It's, unless it's just so, 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 so obvious, we should still pray. One of my brothers, he, he, he passed away, and you know I would try to talk to him about Jesus, and he would get angry, and he would you know, say things to me. And I said, man, the bottom line is you need Jesus. That's, that's all I can tell you. I don't know to this day. I don't know. He died under some very weird, uh, sudden circumstances. I don't know. I can't pray for him now. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Are people committing that sin today? Absolutely. It's very sad. The third, the third understanding is here in uh, the context of, of, the, of the book here. He talks about this. Is, is the brother... Uh, and he's speaking about like false brothers. Because there were people there, and he said it, you know, there were people that, that were there, part of the group, but they left. And he says, but they were never really part of us. They were here, but they were never really part of us. Part of us. And it's this idea of apostasy. Of someone who, who is there, and they have heard the message, and maybe even professed to believe the message, and then left and turned away. My, my opinion is that, that and, and what John said there is that they were not ever truly saved. There are people who say, you know, I'm, yes, and I go to church and I, I'm a Christian. And, and uh, I was thinking about that, you know, we have this Christian nation. And, you know, 75% of the people would say, yes, I'm a Christian. But look at our country. What, you know, how could we be in such a mess if we have so many true Christians in our country? Shouldn't it change our nation? Sin unto death. Hebrews chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 10 are, are, are some passages, I think, that, that deal with this. It says in Hebrews 6, it is impossible... For those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and, of the, and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away to be brought back to repentance because to their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. They've tasted, but, but the, the, there was never that true born-again uh, life-changing, eternal life experience within them. 
Hebrews chapter 10, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. The enemies of God. Now, all, th- all three of these, uh, you know, understandings or views, they're, they're all extreme, right? And I want to kind of get back as we wrap this up. They're, they're kind of all extreme examples. The, the brother, uh, true uh, brother or sister in Christ, you know, they're sinning, but, you know, there's some that actually are committing a sin unto death and they would be affected by, by their own sin. That's an extreme example. That doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen all the time. So we should pray. Fellow human being who has, has uh, you know, committed the, you know, blasphemy of the, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how often does that happen? I, we don't know. I don't know. When does a person get to that place and they cross over that line? We can't necessarily know. It's an extreme example, though. And what about those who actually were part of the church and they, they walk away and, and, and uh, you, you see it nowadays uh, in some of these uh, you know, Christian musicians and pastors, guys like Rob Bell, who you know were in the church, but they they began to you know wander away, and now they're 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 way way out there. But it's the, these are the extreme examples. Thank God it's not happening every day. So for all three of those, I think I think no matter where you where you fall in these these three. The, the point is, I think we should still be praying for all three. We should be praying for our brothers and sisters. We, we should be praying for, for those in the world who don't know Jesus. We should be praying for those even who leave the church and, and they're wandering out there. When I first moved here to Rhode Island, what I, what I saw, and, and I, it hasn't changed, is there are so many who have left the church and they're just out there and they're they're not going to church anywhere they're just wandering and and we've seen it here people who have left our church and they're not they're not going anywhere they're not it's not like they found a a, another church that met their needs you know better for their personality or whatever or, or anything like that they just they just left and they wandering they're wandering it's so sad we should be praying for people like that. You know, there are examples in Scripture of people who prayed for others who, you know, like Abraham, he prayed for Abimelech. Moses uh, is a huge example. You can read about it over and over and over again. He prayed for God's people over and over and over again. Job. He prayed for his friends, his friends who weren't all that helpful. But God told him, you better pray for you, these friends of yours. And God heard his prayer and, you know, <clears throat> did a work in Job's life through it. A couple of passages put on the screen here about this. He says in uh, uh, 
Psalm 106. So God said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. Moses, he stood in the breach, he prayed. He stood up for those people and God heard him. And God held back. And the prophet Ezekiel says this. This is not working. There it is. God says, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. He's looking for people who would stand up before him in the gap, in the breach. God wants us to pray, people, and it's just something I, and you know, Maybe sometimes we need to just get a piece of paper and write down two or three people that we're going to pray for. Maybe it's your family members. Maybe it's someone in the church you know who's really struggling. Just pray for them. Pray for them. I know we can't pray for everybody. It's just not possible. But you can pray for a couple of people. But we're, we're, we're forgetful. I don't know about you. I'm forgetful. Let's, uh, let's close with James chapter 5. Back a couple of books here just before Peter. James, Peter, John. James chapter 5. Uh, James always kind of gets right to the heart of things, doesn't he? And he, he wants them to pray. James chapter 5, verse 13, he says, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the, and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. And look at verses 19 and 20. This is why I chose these verses. It says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's a promise in God's word. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Before we write each other off, hey, let's pray. Let's pray for one another. And God will hear. He promises. This is a promise. It's according to his will. And God will work and God will give life. Amen? Amen. And let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. And, and maybe right now we're thinking of somebody that we have knowledge of something. And, and maybe it's someone in our own family. Maybe it's... 
another brother and sister in the church or in the faith that we know of that's wandering, Lord. We, we come before you. We bring them to you. We stand in the gap for them. We pray for your mercy. We pray for your grace. Pray for your healing. We pray for life. Your word says you'll give them life if we pray. Father, we are forgetful. We're, we're just uh, so distracted, and there's so many distractions this, in this world, in this life, Lord, but you call us to pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd remind us We're not called to gossip. We're not called to tell everyone. We're called to pray. I pray you'd make us like Moses, Lord, to stand in the breach. Stand in the gap for the people and He prayed for them. Make us like that. Prayer warriors. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life, the eternal life that you promised us that that you said, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, that we can be sure and we can know that we have eternal life. And we're safe and we're secure in that. I pray for any that don't have that, that don't know they have eternal life. You, you can have that today. July 31st, 2022, then, And all you need to do is surrender to him, to Jesus Christ, and allow him in to your heart, to your life. You can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, I I surrender to you. I ask you into my life. Forgive me. Save me. Be my Lord and be my Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing, shall we?